And now for our top story tonight. Delirious, a YouTube streamer and League of Legends player, has been found flaming and reporting his teammates en masse for simply playing at their level. Let's take a look at the kinds of behaviors he is promoting to his audience. Viewer discretion is advised. Every time I lose, it's usually a team problem. 99% of games I lose is a team problem. I'm at one where it shows it. I don't just magically just start carrying all these games out of nowhere. I need a half decent team. Because it's pointless because I have good MMR, because I'm a good player. So I, I get these type of players on my team. So it's like pointless for me. Nobody can carry this. Faker cannot carry this. Zayus cannot carry this. There's not one player in the world who can carry this game. We good players, the good players are not getting the same cues as all the bad players. We're not getting the same cues. The cues are rigged. Like there's just no other there's no other thing I can do about this game. It's just like just like you know. Just to repeat that quote. We good players, referring to himself, Faker and Zayus, are not getting the same cues as all the bad players. The cues are rigged. We now turn to our top investigative reporters, Nathan Mott and Coach Curtis, for the full story. Welcome, BBCs, to episode number 185 of the Broken by Concept podcast, the number one solo queue educational and motivational podcast. Curtis, today we've got another one of our fabled case studies for you guys. Now, let's set the scene a little bit here. Uh, a lot of new people come to our channel from these case studies as well. Let's talk about why we do these, how we came across this, why we're doing this specific case study. So let's start with first, Curtis. Um, how do we come across this? Because we don't randomly go around like witch hunting fine people. Like these are just people that send us to the community. We think, oh, interesting. There might be good lessons to learn from this person or the way they view the game, a case study. A lot of what this podcast is about is breaking down narratives. We like to educate the community. What's the game really about? How hard is the game? Is it easy to climb? What are some common narratives you hear all the time? What does having fun in the game look like? What does a great, healthy relationship with the game look like? And what I like about these case studies, and I think the main intention with these is this is a real no no BS look at what the league community I guess really is like the state it's really in if you will um and so essentially the, the backstory right I was chilling in the discord and uh someone was queuing up for solo queue one of my MLA members and this was the screenshot he posted in the discord here we go Check out my YouTube channel, Delirious, for challenger level analysis. And he posts his YouTube. So obviously, you know, the guy in my um, my community was intrigued because he's obviously in trying to get better at the game. And then the comment below was really interesting. This is what, you know, raised the red flag to me, right? God, I forgot about how bad Emerald players were. Stay here, right? And I'm like, okay, it could be sarcasm. I, I, you know, I don't know, right? I thought it was interesting. And then there was a little follow-up conversation inside the Discord community. And someone else chimes in and said, I've played against this guy three times. He's been free LP for me. And then the guy said, I, the other Zenji said, I just lost with him on my team. I just recognize him because he's the only person I've seen who posts his YouTube in post-game and all his videos are super negative. So now, it seems to be like a very loud player. Right. Uh, he's, you know, advertising his, his channel and, you know, that's a big statement, the challenger level analysis. And, and, and this is what spiked my interest. It. I saw yeah. this and I saw this follow-up conversation. So what, what, so these members here, what, Elo, do they, Elo Bracket, do they say? Uh, yeah, D4 High Emerald. Got it. Yeah, in NA. Yep. And I was like, oh, interesting. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to click on the YouTube. So yeah. I went on and clicked on the YouTube and I found some interesting pieces of content, which we'll get to later on. But, you know, I straight away, as I was getting into it, the first thing that I like to do is I like to check their gameplay. What are, what's their, what are their beliefs? How do they navigate, you know, themselves on the rift? Um, and it was, 
it was interesting to say the least. So I hit you up and I said, what do you think about this guy as a potential case study? Mm. You know what I, uh, here's an analogy, Curtis. We're like at the desk in the Broken by Concept office, right? And like our boss like throws slaps like a document thing. Like, here's your work. Like, look into this for me. That, that's basically what's happened here in, right, in, in yeah. a way. 100%. So what we're going to do, we're going to do a bit of investigation, get a lay of the land. What's this guy all about? What are his messages? And what can we learn? Right. What can we learn? That's the the whole point of these cases. Mm. What can we learn? Right. And shedding light. From the BBC universe. Shedding light on the realities of where the state of the community is currently at. Like, unfortunately, these case studies, believe it or not, are more common than rare. That's right. So, and Curtis and I always say this podcast, this, the way we think we're league will, should be getting towards and how much work we need to do. It's like a 10 to 15 year project of educating the player base, realizing that you're not in some crazy ELO hell or in losers queue. The rank system does a fantastic job at putting you where your skill level is. We've never seen uh, the contrary to that. That's right. Over a long enough period of time. That's correct. So you want to move on to investigating his OPGG? So we'll start with his OPGG first, and then we'll get into his gameplay. Beautiful. All right, so when we look at an OPGG here, it sort of gives us a... It's not everything. It's not the full picture. And we're not here to rank shame, you know, his emerald, high emerald, diamond, whatever... You know, he's not actually, you know, challenger level analysis. It's purely like, like, let's get some background information. This will help sort of explain maybe his journey or part some of his narrative. So let's get into this here, Curtis. What, right. what, what, what are the, some of the first things we notice we see here? All right. So really, when we look for, there's a few things we're looking for when we're looking at an OPGD, right? We're looking for, do they, do they have a champ pool, right? Do they main a role? Um, you know, what is their, what is their champ pool? And, and this will give us a bit of insight. What, you know, do they have very outlandish stats, you know, I don't want to go too much into the stats here, but this is one of his accounts um, that he played on, I believe, last split to get Diamond, finish Diamond 3. So he has a bit of an interesting account, right? There was a lot of top games. There was a decent amount of jungle. And then there was a lot of 80 carry. So he's all over the place in terms of his... Um, sorry, this, let's go to here. He's all over the place with what role he plays. He plays a bit of everything. He's like kind of a fill from what it seems like. He's about the same amount of games on everything, really. That's right. He plays a lot of a lot of AD carry, a lot of different champions. Um, and this is one of his accounts last split. So, you know, doing not so hot on jungle, you know, doing pretty good from on a, on a wide variety of AD carries and, you know, about even on top, right? And if we go back to his split before this... A, bit, a lot of Just 80 a carrying. bunch of different champs as well, by the way. It's completely different. A bit all, all over, over the place, place, right? And now, to, to, you know, to, to give, do the whole thing, we should also look at his other account. And this is, I think, what he's playing on at the moment, according to his li- recent live streams on his YouTube. Um, so he's currently sitting in Emerald 1 here with about 90 games, 80-something games. He plays a lot of Varus top from what I see, I'm like, this is actually Varus top. So that's new. That's what we didn't see last season or yeah. whatever. So, and you know what? That strikes to me instantly. I'm thinking, well, Varus top was sort of like a meta thing that came over mm. the last couple of months. Is this Stuck a person that just know. goes to the meta? Just be like, okay, I'm just going to abuse this because this is my my hack to ELO. Yeah, we don't know, right? Potentially. So he's got a lot of Varus top. He's got, again, a bit all over the place. When you look at this OBG, nothing really... I mean, look, he definitely mains Varus top. But, you know, you can main Varus top if you want to well, main yeah, Varus top. Yeah, but that's not reflective of the last seasons, right? Right. So that's what I'm saying. He basically randomly popped up recently. Interesting. Right. Interesting. 
you know, he could have learnt and wanted to go down a different rabbit hole with Varys. You want to give him the benefit of the doubt, right? But yeah, I mean... It looks like he went down an Intin Scion route, which is somewhat of a viable strategy. I don't know if it's you can do that much anymore, but he has very high deaths on Scion, but didn't work. But again, that's like another strategy mm. thing that you hear people talk yeah, about. Yeah, so look, for the most part, a bit of, bit of Vayne, bit of Varys, bit of Scion, you know, a little bit of here and there, weaving in random Yasuo picks, whatever. Um, oh, that's the game you play with Zenji there from the MLA. Okay, so yeah, bit bit all over the place. So, but look, it does look like he mains top, which is which is good to see. Let's just double check though what he played at the end of last split. This one, Graves. We don't know if that's in a lane or, or, or I have no idea. But Isaiah did play a little bit of Aris though. At the end must have been the end of the last split last year. Sorry. I mean, Curtis, you say he mains top. I mean, this is a new new recent. This is this season. If someone showed me this again, I don't know what the hell I'm looking at. I'll be <laughs> yeah. honest. Is this is this a bit of media? You got a bit of media sprinkled I've in. I've seen Oriana and Syndra. Yeah, and a lot of different champions. So, so it's a it's a very strange account, isn't it? These accounts they're very strange. I wouldn't really know how to describe them, to be honest with you. It doesn't look like someone who's taking rank seriously. I can tell you that much, right? It's a very casual looking account from the outside in. Playing what I feel is good what a recent youtube video has shown me oh that new varus build right, right cool or whatever Ooh, they're feeling sign. like at the moment that's what that looks like lack of discipline no no small chample so so given this in yeah. mind let's get into the gameplay now yeah Janice, and let's start to break down um some of his his games but also let's try and connect the opg connect the dots yeah because we're seeing here a lack of champ and one thing before we move on to this i want to make it very clear this video you know it's going to be a lot of connecting the dots between his videos, his gameplay, OPGG. We're going to put it all together here. So it's going to be a bit of a working progress as we get through this case study. So bear with us as we put together all this information. All right, so this is a game from his recent live streams. This is not sort of cherry-picked. We didn't go, like, we didn't have to dive through Massive. We really quickly was able to come across this. Similar to the... To the um to the gold four case study like we, and the, the nice one see, and the nice and one, the nice yeah. one nearly every single one of what these you, what, the what you find with these type of players is you can pick up this stuff really quick so if you're curious we'll have a link to this guy's channel yep. you can go through some of his content and, and these are all just his past live streams on YouTube yeah now Vane Vane Top Curtis mm. now we're not top experts we don't coach top you're a mid coach but I'm a jungle coach. We do know, however, that Vayne is a champion you'd pick as a pretty big counter pick to these melee tops like Garen, Darish. He's a pretty hard, big, hardcore counter. And you've got to have a lot of mastery. You've got to have a lot of mastery. Going, let's remember how you said connecting the dots. Mm. We didn't see much Vayne. It looks like, again, it's sort of like, oh, I've just, the narrative in the community, Vayne, you auto you know, you have a high percentage chance Good of winning counter the game. Pick. It's a counter pick, right? So what we're going to do with this one, we're going to look at his first levels one to four of the specific Vayne versus Gara matchup. Going back to our Bio Panther episode, our top lane special episode, we learned, one of the key learnings from that episode was how important matchup knowledge mm. is. So we're going to look at uh, his levels one to four with Vayne. Then we're going to compare it to a challenger level Vayne in the exact same matchup and see how they play differently. So we'll sort of just commentate through this for our Spotify listeners in a way. And I'll be honest with the Spotify listeners, you got to watch this one. Yeah, this is, <laughs> you this gotta is watch, watch this one. 
Okay, let's, so let's first things one. first, right? You know, you know, you got the classic Vane into like a Garen counter pick, right? You got a bit excited in the draft, wanted to pick the Vane here, and so you know, the whole point of this matchup is that you want to pressure the Vane. Right? I mean, you want to pressure the Garen, right? I mean, bully him off minions, bully him, and you probably want to be you know, like my baseline hypothesis is that you'd probably want to be utilizing the brushes to deagro minions, potentially get some sort of a, a slow build zone, potentially get level two first. Um, and be a bit of a nuisance. You wouldn't really want to go even and farm. You wouldn't going even is lost. Is, yeah. is in a way, especially against these type of champions. Also, no, no, we got flash and ghost, so no TP, which is very common. Yep, because very common. You're playing for lane, and the Garen as well also has flash and ghost. Yep. Yeah, and that just means you need to be really, um, you know, switched on when it comes to your resets and wave management. You got no get out of jail free cards here. So, yeah, as you can see so far, nothing really special. I mean, he's actually kind of just uh, kept a relatively neutral wave state. He hasn't really used the brushes that much so far. He's taken okay trades. Not amazing, but okay trades. Did get a nice little ward out there. Um, and looks like he's slowly starting to posture. No. Again, what we were expecting was potentially more on the top side of the lane, utilizing those brushes, going in and out, deaggering, getting a little bit more poke down. And as we can see, in terms of levels, they've both hit, well, Garen hit level two, like just a millisecond before him, and they're and both level three, three right yeah. now. Chuck the audio on for this as well, it's important. When Ivor shows himself in bot lane, then I'm going to play aggressive, but Ivor doesn't show himself yet, I have to play safe, because I don't know where he is, I don't want to get ganged, and I don't want him to just keep digging top. So that's good. He's, he's thinking about the enemy jungle. Game, he's gonna lose. Iron's mid now, but now I can play aggressive. Okay, and that's pretty good. Is. Now I can play a little more aggressive. So it's interesting though, you know, it's like, is that really worth it? Is, I mean, I'm, again, we're not top experts, but something to keep in mind, like, you know, could you have actually just played more aggressive early, got an early ward out and then just potentially slow built, you know? It's not like a, no one's going to get level two ganked. Yeah. yeah. And Ivan's not really a super high threat jungler. You know what I mean? It's not like Ivan has crazy level two, level three ganks anyway. I think you could probably, especially with ghost, I don't really see how in a million years are going to kill you. I tried to E him right there, but it wouldn't let me. It wouldn't let me E him there. What a joke. That's well, still pretty I good. E right Burn there. the flash and ghost. Like right in the bush right here, but right when I walk into it, I was just one second too late. If you walk in the bush, I killed him there too. He didn't walk in the bush. What? I think they changed the turns, by the way. They either... The turns feel like they're attacking way faster now, then they, there's no more delay. Like, it's just like instant. So one thing we're going to start noticing with this guy, we've had two aspects of blaming the game or game design already. Mm. Uh, the E is like, why did that E hit? What happened there? And then now we're talking about towers. the tower range. Magical towers. Something to note. This might be interesting connecting the dots later on. Mm. I swear to God, they, I feel like they increase the reaction time of turns. I'm not even joking right now. Like, I don't know why it is. Like, I've been, like, I, I've done, my kiting is still the same. I haven't done anything different. But like, every single time I walk into it, like, I walk out of it, it's just instant. This minion right here is a hater. Oh my god. She's got a bit of a slow build going on. Hopefully try and get under the tower and get a bit of harass. Thank you. 
pulling the Garen a bit there, forcing him to miss some minions. Okay. Doesn't really. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> this is this is this is, this is that moments like that makes me so happy. You have no idea. I, I know it's so toxic, but it makes me so happy. You guys have no idea. Okay. Why's that shield so big? So has to burn flash in the isolated one v one, and I'm pretty sure this Garen has D shield as well. So Garen's technically winning out on these guys. Yeah, trials. this is not a good situation. Now Garen can actually slow build. All right, and we hit level six. So I think we'll, mm. what we'll do now, Curtis, let's compare the first... We said levels one to four, we got to level six mm. here, but now let's go and see the difference. We saw the state where we've ended up. Mm. We're basically dead even with Garen. Garen may even have a little bit of an mm. advantage here. Let's now look at how a challenger player ma plays this matchup. All right, so let's already see some potential differences here. As we can see, the aggression we talked about from level one, instantly, he's bullying, poking the Garen, forcing him to make a decision between minion and his HP, pushing him away from experience range. This is really important for getting the level too fast. So again, massive difference. The vein, challenger vein here is utilizing the brushes to reset the aggro and the minions, something not that our friend was doing. And we're going to see the difference in the whole level two here. Level two, Garen probably is halfway to level two at this point. And look at the trades going. So the amount of pressure in this counter matchup, this is how it's meant to look like. It's meant to play it. And you might be saying, um, you know, Nathan, is this replicable? It is because Garen's trying to get an experience range. That's what he's trying to do here. So already seen here. Then there's the ward going for the level two. Gank That's what that I thought as well. I'm like, well, if you want to get, even if the jungler comes, if you've got a, a built wave, the jungler can't come to you. No. Jungler can never gank this in a million uh, years. You're literally level two ganking, which is so yeah. risky. The wave's too the big. The wave's going to be too big. If you play your levels one and two properly, you, yeah. you shouldn't even be gankable anyway. Vayne is level three. Especially with Ghost. The Garen is now 20%, 30% HP. Massive wave that Garen's only going to deal with under the tower. So just a flawless execution in terms of building up the wave and poke. And even if the jungler does come to, like, let's say, protect Garen here or whatever, it's still a win-win. You're wasting the jungler's time. You're making the jungler show on the map. And you could just go for a tempo reset or something and let the wave bounce out, right? I mean, you've got so many options here in terms of what you can do. Now, this is... I feel like this was what was the most impressive. Look at the... the so, what... This is actually something you can do. You can actually time your autos with the tower hit as well so you don't actually take tower aggro. And he's actually using his Q to disengage, whereas what the other player was doing, he was actually using his Q to get the Q damage. But this guy, this guy he's actually holding his Q. And then he's actually using his Q to disengage the tower aggro. Right, the other way around, rather than queuing in and then you know having to like keep distance, and look at that. I mean, it's just ridiculous. It's just a different game. You're in now. An, you're in an alternate reality now, and 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 so we compare this right. Level four solo kill, built wave. Garen's got barely any farm. You've exerted all this pressure. He's used his summoner spells to actually get a kill compared to before wasting summoner spells and not getting any kill for it. Big look, difference. And at the end of the day, I don't want this to be you know. Um, it's not about whether or not an you know an emerald player can execute them on this. It's about there is many levels. There's there's things that we can do that are in our control, and this is one of the things, especially with top lane matchup understanding, you know, brush control, wave management. This is all like the fundamentals of a top lane that I spoke to with Alois actually in my YouTube video that he's a massive advocate of. Um, and this is Biopanther, the Biopanther episode, matchup understanding. This is what it looks like, you know. And this is one of the things that we one of the themes that I want to touch on throughout this case study is that. 
you know, he might have felt as though he played that lane well in that Garen. But there's levels. There's more that we can do. One of the most common things that I've seen with a lot of players is that, you know, they assume that just because they're not making a major, major mistake that they're playing well or quote unquote perfectly, right? It's like you don't know what you don't know it's unless you look for it. It's the yeah. missed opportunities that are actually hurting your gameplay game rather than the actual mistakes. It's the hidden stuff. The hidden stuff is hard. This is where you need a coach or you need to be learning from pros or well, you something actually have, like that. You actually have a curious growth mindset. It's mm. like, okay, I'll play this matchup. This is my counter pick. The way I would frame it, it's like, okay, I've got Vayne into Garen here. Is this the best I can do? Mm-hmm. I'm blowing flash and trading sums with a Garen and I'm actually now losing HP off the bounce with a D, uh, uh, because of the D-Shield Garen. Hmm. Is this, is this really how we should go and then i'm like okay maybe maybe but let me do some investigation let's take a look at a few other vein plays let's see how they played out oh how do they take their trades how do they play their ways how do they okay oh wow straight away boom brush control different you can execute that implement that into your gameplay it doesn't even mean you have to do it perfectly it's just okay i'm gonna add one extra layer to my gameplay now and it's hard to do that sort of curiosity in you know research when you're playing 15 different champions very hard. if you're just figuring out vein and understanding all the matchups you're probably going to have a lot more success 100 percent. finding this video as well the first thing i typed on was challenge of vein versus games the first video that popped up <laughs> so it's not hidden <laughs> uh, it's not hidden behind anything no. guys. i didn't like pay this guy or like i think it just no. took me literally 10 seconds to find so let's go back now to the game. Let's now start exploring the way that he talks about mm. the game progressing after we have seen so many blunders and some narratives. Let's break them down. Thank you to today's sponsor, Mid.gg. Now, this is an amazing platform for those of you who are looking to find VODs on your given champion or the champion that you main. Now, I actually am close with the developer, Jake. He actually asked me a year or two ago, he said, Curtis, what sort of platform are you looking for when it comes to you know, improving at your solo queue? What would you like if you could create any platform that you would want? And I said, well, ideally I'd be able to find high level VODs, POV VODs, because that's something that for all of us is really quite hard. If you type on in YouTube, I want to look at a challenger Ari VOD, you know, nine times out of 10, you get some crappy Domi Sun replay. Six months old. Maybe not even POV. Um, and it's a bit of a pain in the ass, to be honest. So basically what Jake has put together with mid.gg is this amazing platform where it basically takes all the effort out of finding VODs. So you can actually, if I say I want to find Fizz VODs, POV Fizz VODs, I can click on Fizz here in the Champions tab and it will automatically sort you know, all of the recent Fizz games played on stream from famous streamers. So even here, look at this, seven hours ago, Nemesis played a Fizz game. So I can just click on this and it's going to take me directly to the timestamp. Look at that, instantaneously, boom, we're watching Nemesis play POV on his stream. From the level one. From the level one, beautiful timestamp, ready to go. We can also check out his build here if we want to, um, and his build path, etc., etc. Now, the other... Yeah, one of my personal favorite parts of this platform is that you can actually search matchups. So let's say I want to learn how to play Ari. I want to see people playing Ari versus Akali, right? It's the first one that pops up. It will automatically sort by all of the Ari and Akali VODs. So legit Korea here streamed it a week ago, played this matchup. I can click on it. Boom. It will take me to his stream. Look at that. I'm watching Ari versus Akali instantaneously, just like that at at the click of a button. Extremely easy. And the great thing about this, guys, is that if there's any extra functionality that you would like added into this platform, please let us know in the description below. Jake's a really nice guy. Um, he's really hands-on. And whatever you guys feel like you need to make the platform even better, let us know. And we'll be happy, he'll be probably happy to accommodate for that. Um, so the link will be in the description. Please check it out. 
Um, and last reminder, guys, this is not just for mid. This is for every champion, every role. It doesn't matter if you're a jungler, top laner, AD carry, support. Please check it out, guys. Okay, so we're jumping back into the VOD here. And just to set the scene, you know, he's just traded kind of summoners with the Garen here. The wave is kind of bouncing out back onto his side. Um, he's low. Garen is actually slowly out sustaining because of the D shield. Um, and so, yeah, we'll play from here. It's too big. I can't auto him either. Iron's got a path top. And the and the Garen passive as well with the regeneration. He's in he's in a bit of trouble here. And 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 think about how much now stress he's putting on his jungler. His jungler has to come to defend the dive. He has to bail him out of the situation. Because he's gonna get dove here if the jungler doesn't hover. Garen's slow building the wave, and again, he put himself in this situation again as a counter matchup. The wave's too big, I can't back here either either. I need help now. We could have got a gank here. No, you couldn't have. I can't back here. Yeah, could not have got a gank there. You can't gank in that wave. With Ivan around as well. No. Oh, come on, come on. Yes! Yes, 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 yes. So, Viego comes through. Garen kind of plays that a bit strange, but yes, cool. Yes, yes, Great, yes, well played. That's, that's the risky plays. That's the, that's the, the limit testing plays. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. I trade, baby. Okay, trades anyways, maybe. I didn't get the auto off. Why is he so fast, though? Okay, so what the context here is that essentially the Yi... I think it's Yi mid, is it? I don't know what the hell that Yi is. So came, yeah, um, really mid, yeah. came, came top and killed. Now, to, to kind of set the scene here, after we kill the Garen here, we, we're in a bit of a weird position, right? We don't have enough wave clear to get this wave out in time. The wave's now bouncing out. So what What uh, a huge part of League of Legends is information, uh, able to deal with information really quick. Mm. So right now, a lot of people would miss this. Pretty much every everyone, even Diamond, you know, I think even Master Tier player would miss this, is yep. that there's another wave coming right now. Because he's sort of so focused on the kill and that sort of stuff, there's another wave that's coming right behind. So yes. he's, if he yes. wants to push in this wave... He's going to have to push this wave and the whole next wave. And that's not realistic. You should be instantly recalling, spend your gold, and you're just going to have to play off the bounce back. That yes, sort yes, of happens. Yes. You're going to have to make a sacrifice. You're going to have to give up some farm here. It is what it is. It's better than the, the other situation. But the focus isn't here. We've dropped this, and we're sort of just, this is sort of autopilot mode, mm. or sort of in a way, you know, we're missing lots of information. And again, this is what a higher level player challenger plays. They're, they're able to, they're quickly assessing everything instantly. Like they would instantly be seeing this wave as like, oh, the next wave must be coming. Instantly recall. So massive mm. um, waste of time trying to hit these yes, minions. Yes, 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 okay. Yes. So the E comes, kills him. Um, all right. Now, we've got to set the scene, right? Now, that, that wave is bouncing out. We know we've got to go straight back topside, right? Because that wave's bouncing out. If we roam or do anything funky right now, we're going to get really, really far behind, right? So look at what happens here. So I have to. Aaron's going to rush beats first. Or should. And again, just talking about the tab there, he's even CS with the Garen. Yep. 50 to 48. Now, Garen... While he was singing in the lull state here, Garen roams. Now, Garen can roam. Garen is allowed to roam here because the wave is bouncing out. Biopanther actually spoke about this. Rather than running straight top, what do you do? A lot of the time, you might hover mid, see what's going on mid, screw with mid. Because Garen's just waiting for the wave to come back into him. That's right. There's no point in him going, especially in the long lane versus the vein. There's no point. I think Garen's had enough of me. Nah, I'm, I'm sticking with you, buddy. Why are you there? You have no mana. Like, why? I think Ghost here. 
We can kill him here. I'm going for Ivern. I'm gonna leave him. I don't care. I can get the. Stop being a baby die for no reason. You died for no reason. You have no mana. Okay, so let's just take a look at that. So the Nivia got pincered, right? You know, got pincered by the Ivan, whatever. Nivia died. Got to remember, look at this top wave. Look at how... It's not even worth getting that kill mid. It's like legit straight up not worth it. We're losing so much fun. We've already lost like a wave and a half. We're going to lose our second wave. Look at this. Still wasting time. Look at this top wave. The poke in the E there does nothing for the game. Wasting time. Look at this salt wave. There's no reason you should ever walk up that part in the first place. You have no mana or anything. You so he just reports his mid laner, I think, there for, for dying there. He's had the back, but you had a full wave, wave reset. He's, he's, he's actually roasting his mid laner for about wave states and resets when he just went for this roam. And he's just, <laughs> all the mistakes he's made with waves and resets already in his first early lane. And this is, again, one of the themes how this is gap between, you know, we think we're so good. We don't, we don't, it's like, I don't know, this egotistical, I guess, frame, or we're not recognizing how we're contributing to the game because we're in a judgment mind. We're looking at other people's mistakes, how they're ruining our game. They're more critical of their others than yeah. on themselves. That's right. For a reason. Oh, there, I'm going to carry this game. Like I usually do. We're losing somehow. Hotline's losing to a Bart somehow. It's funny how he talks about we're losing some, <laughs> somehow. Somehow. <laughs> so if breaking it down, like, so... In terms of our world, we end the review at the lane phase. Oh, yeah. There's nothing more. Like, you yeah. can obviously, don't you know, don't, you don't give up in the game, but yeah. the learnings are already, it's like, you should be questioning, I'm a counter matchup, why am I not, like, 30 CS ahead of a game? How was Garen even able to roam? That's your answer that's to that question. That's the answer. Of why you're losing this game. Zero pressure. And as you see, Garen's the heading experience right now. It's a disaster. Enemy there goes ult. Yeah, a little there, which Garen's trading Q for an ult. That's a pretty good win for, for Garen there. <sighs> I'm playing this wrong. Slightly wrong. I'm going to back down and see Harsh out of it. Just slightly wrong. That's an, definitely an understatement. <laughs> yeah. No, we don't stop side. You guys are not going ganking bots, he's helping me, That's, I'll take it. But, um, we're gonna give early drags for doing this. Okay, let's go and flash. Here comes Viego. Walk right here, walk right here! Okay. Go, go in! So bad. So bad. I'm gonna die here. Oh my god, dude. Just walk left. I cover all of right. Think. Holy shit. Walk this way? And there's a lot of little there's a lot of little things. I don't even need I don't think we even need to get into a lot of little things here, just in terms Lol, of uh yeah. There's lots of so the typing aspect. So if your first instinct after a, a death 
is to instantly typing caps to someone. Remember, you're reducing your chances of winning that game because now Viego yeah. might be thinking, I don't like this guy. Yeah. I actually, I actually hope he actually might lose this game. That that's again not I'm not saying endorsing that mindset mm. at all, but you're reducing the mindset. They're reducing the chances of winning by affecting mm. your teammates' mindset. And the first thing again, the death. I mean, he didn't have to die there. But again, going back, you know, you shouldn't be upset at anything in this game based on all the game losing mistakes you've already made. And you already imagine if you didn't waste alt before. That's right. That would have been cleaner. <laughs> if you didn't waste alt before. There's so many things that There's so up. many things it, that it's have like, gone it's into like looking this. at surface level. Yeah. It's such surface level looking at it. And that's what these type of players do. They look at surface level. And they could have and, and, and he could have actually played this oh, mechanically oh, better. Oh, he 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 over he overclicked this. His spacing was way too far. Like he went to Narnia here. He didn't need to go over the, this and that he would have actually been close enough to get an additional auto. There's a lot of little things that he could have done. My point being is that there's so... Yeah, the point that I want to get across with this clip is like, you're spot on, Nathan, is, you know, he's looking at this end thing and then he's completely forgetting that there's all these little things that led up to that one moment. And he is quick to blame the nearest thing to him, the nearest person, whether it's game design, teammate, whatever, insert whatever excuse rather than taking responsibility for how he's contributed to these situations. How uncomfortable does this make us feel? Because we know that, you know, all we have in league is what we put into the game. Like, you know what I mean? Like, the only thing we can control is how our inputs, our inputs into the game. And when we get so caught up in what other people do, it's just... It makes you feel me, at least me watching it, just really it's uncomfortable. Like, yeah, it's unco- it's like it's lack of control. Like if, if that was the, the game was like where I was purely reliant on my teammates and all that, it would just not be fun. We wouldn't be playing the game. We no. wouldn't be sitting here. It's not no. the reality of the game. No. And, 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 you know, you say it's uncomfortable. My perspective, on like, I think it's uncomfortable from an angle of just absolute disrespect for the game. Just yeah. absolute shitting on this game. Not really understanding what the game is actually no. about. They're winning with a Yi mid, Ivory, jungle, and a bard. That's how bad my team is. I can't win. FF, you guys are hopeless. Vigo is not caring. He is a KDA player. FF already. Botlin managed to lose against a bard, a mid lane. Lost, lost to a Basically typing an essay here about how shit his team is and how they've lost the game for him and um, they should just FF and calling them KDA players or XYZ. This is the same game. This is the same game we just watched before in terms of that early lane, all the things that how he contributed to the game. And he's currently 2-7. Two 2-7 and seven. Two and seven as a vein top. You know, there's there's nothing to talk about the game at this point. The game is over. We move yeah. on. We ch- check out, whatever. But, you know, come on. Like, the, let's we've got our learnings from this game. That's stupid. I should have picked him up right there. Again, okay. it's yeah. funny how again, just little things there. It's like, oh, game design problem. Yeah. So, look, I think what we can do is we'll, we'll take a look at some more clips. But, again, what we're starting to see here is the the, the dots. We're starting to connect some dots here. The negative view of the game, the, the focus on teammates, not understanding how we're contributing to the game state, constantly jabbing at league design, constantly jabbing at everyone else but himself. Um so let's take a look at some more clips. So this was from another one of his games, this time playing Azir top. Now, he was shoving out top, you know, taking a look at the map state right now. Uh, his jungler's on bot side at the moment. They've got little to no vision on top side. He's versing a Rengar uh, jungle. 
And, uh, you know, Rengar obviously has a lot of threat. High threat jungler, especially post six. He shoves out top, which is fine. He's got a little bit of a ward. Beautiful. Now, you can actually get a bit of vision here as Azir or move. So we'll take a look. And then dies to the Karthus. Now, one little thing I want to talk about here is Chant Mastery, right? So one thing you can do with Azir, and what you should do, especially when you're anticipating potentially getting ganked, you see the same thing when you're hitting towers with Azir, is you place a soldier behind you. So what you would actually do if you're, say you're looking, I mean, I don't really know why he'd be roaming down mid here anyway. You actually shouldn't be roaming down mid here because you're just going to die to the Rengar, right? You, it's not your time. You can't do this. You don't have the information to do that. If you're going to do that, you would have actually had to walk around the long way, mm. maybe, Right? Maybe you could do that. But if you are going to go, if you are going to do this, the way you would do it is you actually put a soldier behind you. So as soon as the Rengar R comes, you can just instantly EQ out instantaneously. But what ends up happening here is the Rengar R's, but because he doesn't have a soldier out, Rengar's actually able to get off his stun and, and stuff before he can actually use his dash. He actually dies here because of that. He could actually basically instantaneously kind of get out of that situation or maybe even not even. Get old. He could have actually had a soldier over here and met potentially gap close earlier. Who knows? So there's little kind of champ mastery yeah. things that you could potentially do there. But I want to kind of talk about more so after this. So he dies to the Carthus ult. Riven, as a result here, gets top tower. Okay, so we're going to fast forward here. Riven gets the top tower. Now, Dragon is coming up in 24 seconds. Okay, we're in Azir top with no TP at this stage of the game. Let's take a look. If you're the Riven, what would you do here? Dragons come up in 20 seconds. You just got your top tower. You're backing off and spending your gold. What are you likely going to do? Well, even this is the same thing with bot principle as well. When the bot tower is broken early, usually they go to the other side of the map, especially for an objective. Dragons come up. Riven will get the top tower. He's pushing the wave, and he'll go down to the dragon. And this is what Biopanther talked a lot about when in the in the, in the the top lane episode, where you, know, you really want to be there for major objective fights. And that's how you influence the map, and that's how you win games a lot of the time in top lane of solo queue, right? And so anyway, anyway let's take a look at this. So he's coming out of base, thinking about his items. Dragon's coming up. Team is pinging Dragon. Corky wants it. The team wants it, from what it seems like. Mid lane in, bot lane in. Like I said, the game's already lost. We already lost the game. So we'll see if we can get a miracle. So what I want to highlight here, right, is that we're playing top lane here. And that's fine. If you don't want to play for this dragon, that's okay. But we didn't say a single word or drop a single ping about what we want to do around this objective fight. We didn't ping it. We didn't want to say give. We didn't ping that Riven could be roaming. We had we actually contributed zero, actually negatively, because we didn't actually even track our counterpart here. We did absolutely nothing to make the game easier for our team at the moment. And in a way, right, it's these small invisible things 
that make you feel like a victim in your games. You're like, oh, yep, there again. My team die again. They, they, look at them. They're just going in and dying. Your team died because Riven moved down. The Riven just killed your Corky mid. Does that mean Corky's just bad? I, I, I don't know. It's not even the right question to ask. The question is, how could I have I better contributed to this situation? Could I have done anything? Is there anything in my control that maybe potentially I could have influenced that or prevented that in, in some way, shape, or form? Maybe sh did I need to be there? Could I? Should I? Should I have been there? That's an important question. Could we? Have, could we have won that fight? Right. That's an important question. Now I don't really care. I'm not here to judge what decision you make. But what I am here to judge is. You know, you're blaming your teammates and you, this, you're leaving... That's your first reaction. That's your first reaction. And, and also, you're leaving just so much on the table in terms of how you can actually impact mm. the game as a top laner. And it's this sort of stuff that really starts to create narratives. Every single time you blame teammates, when in reality, there are things that you could have done, it's just going to get worse and worse and worse. It really creates that victim mentality. And you're just never going to get into the review. You're never going to problem solve anything. Because if I'm the victim all the time, then... It must just be all my teammate. Like, there's nothing for me to learn. I'm just playing. I must must be playing perfectly, which is there's a lot of ego to that attached to that. You know, especially if we're really struggling. You know, to to climb. We've sort of been in the rank for the same rank for a while now. So moving on to another clip here. Still playing Azir in this game. What? I did not see that coming. Look, I love you guys. I didn't see that at all. I saw that. No rotation from the mid laner. Walk in the push. She can't kill you. Just walk to her. Why are you so scared of? And that's the reason you don't get the kill there. And that's the reason you don't get the kill there. Just because you didn't walk in the bush. And I'm the only person, by the way, who ever hits the button, uses the plans like right. I swear to God, nobody uses plans correctly like what I just did. No one ever does that. I don't know why, but they don't ever just use the, the, the plans right. Killer. Okay, so what, I want to, what the reason I picked this clip is that I think it's a really beautiful insight into his mentality. Okay, so I want to replay what he said here, right? The first half of it, as he was TPing in, he's I think he said something about mid not moving. So instantaneously judging his mid laner. And then he's critiquing his mid laner and the way his mid laner is playing this situation. So I'll play that one more time just so we can really get across. Walk in the bush, he can't kill you. So telling his Corky to walk in the bush, trying to kind of, you know, getting angry that maybe the Corky could play a better. What are you so scared of? Constantly hypercritical of his teammates and how they're just not playing, you know, perfectly. And that's the reason you don't get the kill there. Then. And that's the reason you don't get the kill there. Just because you didn't walk in the That's a nice pretty play there with the with the blast cone. And I'm the only person, by the way, who ever hits the button uses the plans like right. I swear to And then goes on to this this little spiel about how he's the only person that uses the blast cones right. God, nobody uses plans correctly like what I just did. No one ever does that. No one does that. So he's 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 like he's just Jesus. He's the league Jesus. He's no one does that. In, in, in league history and he's the only one that does that so his teammates are all just really really bad and they're all making these mistakes and he's he's the only one that does this stuff he's the 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 next coming of jesus here with how he plays how you know his his breakthroughs with league in terms of his blast code and look look there might be a little bit of sarcasm there but i think it is really under i think it really is is beautiful insight into his psychology how i'm perfect i'm doing all these good things Look at all the things that I'm doing, all the reasons that I should win, and look at all the things that my teammates are doing wrong. And this is this consistently. You watch, you go through his live streams, it's the same thing over and over and over again. He's constantly reinforcing the narrative. He's made he's made a rock solid. Like <laughs> yeah. it's it's he's built like the foundations there, and it's constantly getting built every game. Every game. And imagine telling yourself this every game. You're critiquing everyone, every single play that your jungler or anyone else in your team does, even remotely not perfect. 
you're get, you're going to yell at them and see how shit they are. And then everything that you do that's maybe not right, like, oh, yeah, maybe I didn't, maybe you just whisper it, Man, maybe, maybe I didn't do that right. And then <laughs> if you do something well, look, look at how good I am. I'm the only person <laughs> that does that. You know, you, and that over time, that is building this crazy, crazy worldview, this crazy view of what the game is and what your league experience is. He's actually shaping it in his own, like he's shaping it in front of his own eyes. He's actually creating this incredibly negative, toxic, self-centered, egotistical view. He's actually kind of solidifying it every single game he plays. It's becoming stronger and stronger. It's becoming stronger and stronger. It's out of control. It's evolving. It's really evolving. Just a really practical sense as well. If your energy effort is there instead of saying, okay, what's next? Speed, decisiveness. It's like slow motion. It, everything's <laughs> going to be slow. It's just like not thinking about the next play of the silent. Like it's For a practical sense, it actually completely hinders your gameplay as well. Not even just like it's the mental outside state. of you're the game. Mental you're spending yeah. so much you're time with all this stuff and things that you can't control. It's, it's not helpful <laughs> it's at not all. It's not helpful at all. For it's a it's making you like upset and angry and negative. So it's like, um, it's, ne- it's bad for your real life situation it's not fun and you're making it harder to win games and you're missing so much information because your mental sex overwhelmed with <laughs> it's out of control mm. um, alright let's continue on alright so here's yet another example taping in what's my team why are, you have an old bar why are you saving it holy shit I hate this game he lives there. That's crazy. I love this. Ready? Living old? For next game? No, I can't win this. Like, you're so stupid. This is my favorite. The report. Like, why would you save old for so long? Like, and this is why the report system old? doesn't work, by the way, guys. <laughs> it's because of people like this. This is why the people... It confuses the report system. Can, can people complain about wonder why the report system is not as good as it is. Because of... I'm impressed at how the speed, by the way, like yeah. he's built the muscle memory to do that, which is, if you put the muscle memory on other things, like he knew exactly where to click it. Yeah, he knows. So he's he's, done, he's he does this quite a bit. Yeah, he's, he's ready professional. for it. Um, and again, like, again, I, I look, I'll be honest, this is, um, at this point, I'm being a little bit self-indulgent. I kind of find these clips really kind of funny. Like it's uncomfortable, but funny at the same time, because it's so ridiculous. It's you're expecting everyone else around you. You have, it's like zero empathy, absolutely zero empathy. And I want to actually take the other person's point of view. And look, I'm not here to say Bard played the perfectly, whatever, but I just want to take a second to look at it from Bard's perspective, potentially. Okay. So let's go back here. So he TP's in. You know, you can make an argument to even say whether or not this is a great TP, right? Because you, you've got no alt Azir. We don't really want to be randomly TPing around the map as Azir. This is not Azir's identity. You have no alt. Just farm. Farm your ass off. You shouldn't even have been walking board in the first place. You should have been walking mid. But anyway, that aside, right? That's a Zoe support. Bard probably doesn't want to ult the Zoe right now because it's a low value kill. Like if you're Bard in the mid game, your ult's really important. Like it's a pretty important playmaking uh, ability. So potentially, who knows? Maybe Bard was expecting you to R. 
you know, who knows? It, it, a lot of people, especially in Emerald and Low Diamond, don't have the capacity to think about other people's R cooldowns. He's, he, maybe, just maybe, again, I'm spitballing here, potentially he had the baseline hypothesis, initial hypothesis, think, well, if Azir's going to TP in here, surely he has ultimate, right? Which is a, a, a pretty solid baseline hypothesis. Yeah. My intuition would probably think the same as well, right? Mm. And so anyway, he doesn't R. And you're not going to R the brand because it's such a long range R, you're never going to land that R, right? So the only person you can R there is actually Zoe. It's actually a very, you're, ne you're just never going to land on the, on, the, on the brand in that situation, right? Maybe he was also expecting you to go on the brand instead to get the slow and then, and then potentially go, uh, then R, I don't know. But then he actually uses his, his fast movement speed there to gap close onto the brand and then use R, which is actually probably what I would have done as well. I wouldn't have rushed it. I would have held it actually for the brand. And so overall, it wasn't that, it wasn't played that poorly. He still went for the right target. He burnt Brand's flash. He actually went for the better target because Zoe might die on the back end anyway. So my point being is that, you know, we jump to these conclusions in the game, right? You have this initial hypothesis. My jungle is so fucking bad. This person may misplayed it. They're, they're terrible. They're ruining my game. They should have done that. They should. But at the end of the day, we all have our own agendas. We're all thinking about different things. We have no idea what that guy's thought process is, what he's considering as a win condition, how he's perceiving the champion, how he likes to play his champion. We have no fucking clue. And it's not even, it's not even any of our business, right? Like my point here is that you know, we jump to these conclusions when in reality, you know, you'd be better off just taking, saying, okay, I'm going to make a mental note. That's something I want to review later. Maybe he made a mistake. Maybe not. I, I don't know yet. I'll come back to that. And then in the review, you can get into that and be like, hmm, looking at this again, can, is there, you know, can I understand where Bard was coming from? Like, like if, if you're really that riled up about it, you think it's that important, look at it from his perspective. And then if you, you go through those perspectives and you're like, you know what? Yeah, Bard was just misplayed here. Okay. What are you going to do about it? What are you going to change about it? There's nothing... You don't know this guy. You're never going to play with him again. It's his learning journey, not yours. Who gives a fuck? You know, so, so I feel like this whole habit of instant judgment and lack of empathy and not taking the time to hold your thoughts and take a look at it later with the beauty of hindsight, with the beauty of like perspective, it's just going to tarnish your league journey. It's going to tarnish your, your relationship with league you're just going to have this such bitter outlook. And and in my experience and our experience in solo queue, we know how many mistakes we make as long-term challenger players. Like we know we make so many basic mistakes. And if people highlight that, if they want to look at all the good things we do and look at that one mistake we make and call us, you know, platinum players. Okay. You can do that. Right. But you've got to remember, we all are going to make basic mistakes. You can go to the best players in the world and look at them, make dumb mistakes. Everyone is making dumb mistakes because their mental stack is overloaded. So have some sort of respect for the difficulty of the game. Have some sort of empathy. You it's know, perspective, really. It's perspective. Isn't it? Yeah. You know, uh, that's what I always say. Like, you know, how do I have the right to flame someone or, in this extreme case, report someone for a an error that I could quite easily see of being realistic? But know? even not like okay, let's say it was a basic mistake. I don't think this is one, but let's say it is. Mm. So what? Yeah, you can. You might get a little bit pissed off, but you're going to literally go to the point where you're going to like ping him and spit and the and report. Thing <laughs> is the, the amount of energy into yeah. this. It, it does drain you, and again, this it is where draining. it does. It, it, you have a very and he's like, again, he's, he's, it's on this place where he's on the pedestal. He's the one playing perfectly. He's the one that needs to carry all these noobs that are lowering his rank. And as we can see, you know, we have basic champ mastery. Going back to the initial Azir clip, it's just not even there. It's just not even close, you know. You know, um, 
yeah, so really, really not good. So now we're moving on to part three of this case study. We've, you know, looked at his OPGG. We've looked at a bit of his gameplay and clips and, you know, I guess got a bit of an insight into his mentality and the way he um, conducts himself on the Rift. And now what we're going to do is go through some of his recent YouTube videos. Now, uh, I, think, I believe this is one of his most recent YouTube videos and it's titled How to Survive Emerald in brackets, the hardest ELO to climb. So we're just going to go through it, watch it, might pause it, whatever, commentate a few things and just go from there. Never back down, never what? Never give up. Never back down, never what? Never give up. I've been playing this game for 18 hours straight and would have gone to diamond day one, but no, I was given false hope. Dolly Parton only works 9 to 5, but I work 5 to 11 a.m. Hey guys, one thing I guarantee is the worst ELO players you will ever encounter. You'll see enters, you'll see troll picks, you'll see people first time champions and ranked. Oh no. <laughs> and finally, you'll see mental boom players in their natural habitat. Okay, wait. I, okay, so I want to make this very clear. I've barely watched his video. I just skimmed through it. I'm like, oh, okay, this will be interesting, right? I didn't watch that section. And I hadn't really seen a lot of his... You know, we, we went through the gameplay there. This was like... He's describing himself. He describing He's just, just perfectly. Mental booming. <laughs> Mental booming. First timing champs. Azir and stuff. You know, troll picks. Uh, Azir top and stuff. Didn't he just describe himself? Is that sarcastic or is this meant to be real? Let's keep going, Curtis. Players in this ELO have bigger egos than diamond players, while their ability to play the game is no different than a gold player. Today, I'm going to show you how to survive through Emerald and highlight all the mistakes that consistently. Wait, I'm actually. <laughs> <laughs> no, Curtis. I didn't even hear keep this. yourself together, Curtis. Wait, wait, wait. The ego, the reference to yeah, ego. Yeah. Nathan, hmm. this is out of. This is absolutely out of control. Hmm. Out of control. See, I was so determined to get the diamond to make a video for you guys that I didn't work out for three days and when I finally got it, I went to the gym at 3am and finally exercised. First, let me explain how Riot seemed determined to keep me within this particular rank. On this account in particular, I reached diamond last split but I ended up in plat 2 because the MMR was absolutely horrendous on this account and my gains were inted more times than I can count. If you're confused on what I mean, check out my video on being heartstuck. After my placement gains in split 2, I started my journey from plat 4 but this isn't what made it terrible. When I hit Emerald 3 out of nowhere, out of nowhere my LP gain suddenly decreased from 27 to 20 9 per win to 20 per win. Well, Dylan, maybe it's because when you lose more games, your win percentage decreases and therefore the amount of ELO you gain should reflect this. Now, that's what you would think. I had a 60% win rate and one of the huge winning streaks, but right after I hit Emerald 3, Riot decided to limit the amount of LP I'm able to gain per win, even though I'm I want to talk about this. He started the account, he said, at Platinum 4. He had bad MMR on the account from the get-go. If you climb from Platinum 4 to Emerald, right? And your MMR was already bad in Platinum. You have to win so many games to prove to the system that you've improved. Because think about what the system thinks, right? If you've been a Platinum player and you're not perform you haven't performed well in the past in Platinum, the likelihood that you're going to go up that rapidly in skill is so slim. In the system, the system doesn't think that it's even remotely possible. How can you go from, you know, bad MMR in, in low plat? to Emerald 3 and then still deserve even after a 60 60% win rate yeah it's good but it's not like outstanding that's what you just need to fix the account in the first yeah. place and so then he's saying it's still still plus 20 is fine you mm. still 100% will mm. climb with plus 20 so I, I think that actually makes perfect sense as to why the system works like that 
playing the exact same MMR lobbies. My rank would be Emerald 1, but my Emerald... I just want to, again, just note just the champion hopping and roll hopping. <laughs> roll hopping ADC, as well. ADC, mid, and top. Like everything, everything. Everything. Everything and anything. Second Emerald Four, where you can obviously see me hyper carry. I think there's a big underestimate, like underestimate of champ mastery. Yeah. He's just this is clearly just no. It just doesn't nah, for champ no mastery. Respect. He thinks he can play everything. The ego, the ego, on him, the, yeah, ego. the ego on him to play everything. He thinks he can play everything. He has the biggest ego in the world to dude. climb. In the majority of these games, it doesn't make any sense. This disgusting effort from Riot to keep you stuck in your elo will drive you insane with this LP system. I'm confident this can't be a coincidence, but every time I won three games in a row, the fourth game was filled with the most troll teammates I've ever seen. I even gave dodging a shot because this happened five times, but it did not make a difference at all. The third game was always incredibly hard, and then the fourth was a guaranteed loss. I'm not implying that you can't experience win streaks of more than three games because my personal record is a 15 game win streak, but this felt suspicious to me. My opponents in these particular games were even better players, but my teammates performed like bots and ran it down every time my theory is that since this account ended up in plat 2 instead of diamond at the end of the season ryan's intentionally hindering your process when you approach this final ring making it even more difficult for you to climb for example on my dealer's account again okay the riot want to ensure that you're at the level of play okay so when you're climbing and you're, you know, they're going to put you in a wide variety of games. You are going to have hard games. And like the way I've viewed it is that you're going to be in easy games where you're playing, you're the highest MMR player in the game and you, you should win those games. Moderate level games where everyone's roughly the same MMR and the same level of skill. And then very hard games where, you know, you're in higher level games. Um, and so you're, Wait, that, you're sort of the lowest ranked. You're the lowest ranked, the lowest MMR, and then you're versing higher level players. So right, people would actually think that the hard games are actually the matchmaking is imbalanced a right, little bit, right. which can happen. It can happen. You can have hard games, but you know the thing is, is that look at the end of the day, right? Are going to put you in a wide variety of games, and but that doesn't matter because the the MMR on those games will account for that. If you are one of those in one of those games where you should win. Like you say, all the players on your team are significantly higher rank. And those games happen where you're like, what the hell? How is this even fair? They're way lower rank, way, high, way higher rank. And you lose that game, you're going to lose more MMR. And, and and that's this is the way the system works, right? So um, at the end of the day, right, if it was really easy and like it was just really smooth linear climb, it would be very difficult for Riot to actually 100% test to see if you really deserve to be at the rank. Because Riot don't want you to randomly get on a lucky streak and then climb somewhere and then realize, holy shit, you're actually not that level of caliber of player. And then int other people's games. By just giving you all the easy games. By giving games. you all the easy games. So, that, so what Riot do is they want to make sure is if you're going to get to Diamond and make this significant jump in skill, because Riot know there is a significant jump or skill, whether you're aware of one or not. It's all the little things. It's the consistency of how well you're playing. Anyone can get lucky and win a handful of games, right? Anyone can do that. To have a sustained effort at a higher rank is what really justifies your rank at the at the first place, especially if you've come from a much lower level bracket, if you've come from like a platinum, if you've got from platinum all the way to diamond. Riot definitely need to check because need to check, double what's check the alternative? Think about the alternative. Imagine if it was really smooth sailing, boom, like, you know, they just gave you insane LP games. All these people, you'd be like, what the hell? How is this guy in my game? You get to diamond. How are these people in my games? This guy got gold, abused something, got to diamond. How He's not even close to a diamond level. You would complain if the alternative existed, right? You always go to weigh it. Well, what's the alternative? Again, selfish outlook. I think I deserve to climb. I'm so good. Right holding me back. It's unfair.
That account ended up plat 4 when I first made it, but when I tried to climb back the following year, it took me 200 games to climb because I literally was winning plus 15 and losing negative 22 before the LP update. After the update, I was winning plus 18 when the minimum from plus 15 LP was supposed to be around 22. I don't know how this was even possible. The math ain't mathing up for me, I'll tell you that. This is why I recommend creating a new Smurf account because playing against these odds is extremely mentally draining and time consuming. On the account, I just got a diamond with- And that's fine. If you feel like, if you are- you, we have said you can create a new Smurf account, but what we often find with a lot of these people who create Smurf accounts, they will climb temporarily, and then what happens? They stabilize back into their main rank. With, I was only winning between 20 and 22 LP and losing between negative 27 and even 30 at a 57% win rate. I was able to climb to Emerald 1. And so one thing, I, I don't know, I'm pausing a lot, one thing here I want to talk about. Based off the quality of his play and the quality of the mistakes that we were seeing... Notice how this is massive focus on LP. Massive focus on matchmaking. Riot's holding him back. Again, this is one of the other observations we're making here, connecting the dots here. 67 LP and needed two more games before I could finally go to sleep. However, this is where Rad gets you. They fill you up with false hope and try to break you mentally. I played 26 games that day and won 14 games and lost 12, yet started less than what I started with before. Initially, I won 12 games and lost only four games, allowing me to smooth sail. So no process, home. obviously, 26 nowhere, games of the day. I proceeded to get stuck in loser's queue and lose eight games while only winning two. Subsequently, I simply wasn't in the mood to play anymore, so I finally went to sleep, knowing that I wasted a whole day for nothing. I literally was back where I started 18 hours earlier. The only reason I'm going to try to climb a challenger... That's funny. I always love it when people say they lost like a bunch of, they wasted the whole day. Our opposite is there's a lot probably there to break down. A lot to learn. You're playing the... And you, you, the conclusion might be I wasted the day because I played Tilted, and then, but that is the learning. That is okay, the learning. How do I... <laughs> create a situation where I'm reducing the tilt. What was the factors why I tilted? There's no... There's never nothing. Everything's just really surface level here. There's yeah. no getting into the details here whatsoever. No, or no just... process, no respect for champions, no respect for champ mastery, blaming Riot. It's Riot's fault, not his fault. Never taking responsibility. The Lissy account this year is because of the funny name. Well, to say the least, I'm telling you all this because I bet you that you personally had these experiences in the past, and I want to let you know that sometimes it's okay to not be happy playing League. So put on some sad boy EDM music and grind through it. Anyway, let me point out all the mistakes I noticed while climbing through Emerald and share how I try my best to combat each problem. Mistake number one players don't know how to play when they're behind. I was forced to play ADC and top because there's still the lanes that consistently entered no matter what position I played. When I switched to playing top, my bot lane would feed, and when I played ADC, my top lane would feed. When you keep giving your opponents kills, the damage is already done and saving it sometimes is just a miracle at the end. For this reason, this is why I dominate top lane with a 70% win rate across 37 games. Not to pay a target my back, but I personally find top laner is not mechanically gifted as I am, so if I'm able to outplay them twice and get two kills, they would never win. Whoa, like whoa, 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 whoa. Hmm. The players aren't as mechanically gifted as, him. as me. Again, sarcasm. I even I don't know. I don't, think, I don't know. Is it? Is it sarcasm? I can't tell. <laughs> I can't tell. Is, is, is it satire? I really can't tell. But that is going again, showing to reinforce that mindset. That's why he thinks he can play everything, any role, whenever he wants. He's the second coming of Jesus. Mm. He's the only one that uses blast guns perfectly, remember? That's right. <laughs> Lane against me and the lane is effectively over. In these elos where you get the top lane treatment and play a 1v1 in the laning phase, you will never beat me unless I'm heavily counterpicked. Occasionally, I switch to jungle and mid when I get exhausted of each roll, but the same problem reoccurred, especially my bot lane. Maybe it's all just bad luck on my end, but if I can ensure that my bot lane doesn't feed, I will suffer through every game and personally play ADC myself. I do want to warn you that most of the time, you're filled with extremely elo inflated supports that shouldn't be in the lobby in the first place, so the best thing you really can do is farm and not die. They're holding onto their abilities for next game and honestly not doing anything. All you can really do is pray that you have 
with half decent jungler and the enemy bot lane is worse. Since players don't know how to end the game quickly, I eventually scale and carry the late game. Mistake number two. I'll reply to the So what's the what's the what's the takeaway there? The takeaway is play top because you'll have a higher likelihood of carrying your ending bot lane. That's inevitable. But you could just be unlucky. And you and because support and the support that you'll get in your team just don't deserve to be in the game because they're ill inflated because they play support. And apparently, you, this doesn't exist on the enemy team, by the way. No, it's only his team. Yeah, yeah. So the the enemy bot lane is the the really good one all the time, and his bot lane is the one that ints all the time. And if he plays mid, the top ints all the time. So so if he plays mid, there's something this little algorithm that says, okay, their top lane has to be better. Because I'm so good, so they need to offset that. Because I'm 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 faker, so they need to have faker in top and bot to offset how good I am. And then if I get lucky, I have a fighting chance of winning. So I think the takeaway there is, um, yeah, just play top and one v two and be so much better mechanically that you can one v two every time. That's the only way you can win there. Games. The majority of players that buy an emerald are auto-playing their games, expecting to be carried to the diamond. They're rushing tank killer items like black theory into teams with zero tanks, or they're not paying attention to objective timers. When these objectives are up, they are farming on the other side of the map or taking jungle camps. When you're playing like this, you're not contributing to your team in any manner and letting the enemy get gold leads and objective buffs for zero reason. These are the I don't even know what pause. I mean, that's pretty self-explanatory. I already saw him do that. Doing less damage than support at the end of the game. I cannot fathom how many top laners do this and expect to be carried by just engaging in one team fight and hoping they win the fight without positioning in advance or setting up. Vision control. It's pure that, delusion. And every, it's pure delusion. Everything's rigid. This narrative thing. <laughs> Apparently, there's no like little aspects of the game, like details. Like, how can I get that tray better? How can I get no. better this champ? How can I use this ability better? It's no. just the moment you start talking about the gaming, it's like absolutes. Yeah. You will lose your mind <laughs> and you create these crazy nerves. Like, this guy has a, a list, a book he could write about his narratives. They are so reinforced, so ingrained. And you know what doesn't help this? The 27 games a day that he's playing. That is just not going to be... And no details. You're not getting into the details. No when details. you don't get into the details, everything will feel out of your control. Simple as that. Really that simple. When a single player recklessly dives in and gets eliminated, it creates a tough situation for the rest of the team to handle and increases the likelihood of losing the subsequent fight. How many times can you count when your teammate readily dies before Dragon or Baron spawns by walking somewhere they have no reason to be at or check alone? Countless times for me at least. Don't get baited by your teammates and if you know you're going to lose a fight, don't even take it. However, don't be a KDA player and spectate fights while your team is expecting your damage. You're essentially baiting your teammate and will end up tilting them. Mistake number three, KS and kills. He's, how rich is that? Talking about tilting your teammates. Mm. <laughs> what i mean this guy's extreme this guy is probably one of the yeah based on looking at his gameplay his streams he's probably one of the most toxic emerald diamond players in on na server 100 percent. yeah he's, he's definitely in the reducing. he's in he's in the conversation for mm. sure this level of delusion this is this is what fascinates me with it this is why i love this case study because mm. it's such it, it is so similar to that 40k gold case study it's pure delusion that like you say one thing and the behavior is the direct opposite Direct opposite. That's why you always got to look at you know the saying. Actually, speak play. louder than words. Just look at the goddamn and game. That's why play. we love looking at the gameplay. 
If you know you don't know how to carry your games, don't take the kills and give them the players who have a higher chance of winning. Again, since ADC is an extremely strong role right now, I'm playing this boring and unbearable role to climb because you have the potential to swing fights and carry. My teammates usually aren't peeling me, so I have to position extra cautiously. These are moments where the only reason we win the fight is because the enemy team is tunnel visioning on me while ignoring my team completely, which allows us to wipe out the other team. The reality is that you will have to be the sacrifice or punching bag for your team, even though the tank should be doing this. Playing ADC, you're expected to be carrying your games and playing well, but if you generally don't know how to keep a lead, I just let your team do it while you still contribute in the background. I personally love being carried because the pressure and stress is off my shoulders and it gives my brain a game to relax. Don't be selfish and give the kills. If you're truly playing ranked to climb, then you have to be a team player and understand that game doesn't revolve around you. I've seen countless players who think the game does and if they're not the one carrying, then they start underperforming and start inting because they can't handle this fact. League is a team game and if you're the liability in every game, you're going to be hard stuck forever. Mistake number four, refusing to play- It's actually infuriating to me. Like it's like the level of, you look at his gameplay anyone can look at his gameplay it's all on there mm. all the incriminating evidence it's all on there anyone can go to his stream or his light past live streams and look at his gameplay there's no hiding and this is this video is on the same channel as his live streams that's the thing it's not like he's trying to hide it he, it, he clearly thinks what? that he's in the right isn't it yeah that's the crazy thing yeah. it's not like he's trying to hide it it's yeah. a show it's the it's there I, don't under I just don't understand that. The psychology. Again, I think the delusion is really next level shit. I've noticed that honestly nobody knows what they're doing in Emerald after the laning phase. Everyone is wandering around looking for a fight cautiously when no objectives are up and minions are not present. People start A-ramming mid for zero reason and players start stealing the jungler's camp when he or she is trying to farm when they're bored. Sometimes there isn't anything better to do than to farm a quick minion wave and then to obtain more vision control. Unless the enemy team has players who've entered multiple times and you're able to snowball, you have to play the game slow because nobody's communicating well enough to And this advice is so general. Players. I don't know what Sometimes this any of this means. random lanes because they're refusing to play Like if I'm an Emerald player and I'm looking at this, none of this is helping me. What like how is any of this actually gonna like how do I apply this to my gameplay? None of this is applicable. A slow game. Ironically, I see this happen the most when players play scaling champions, and I can't wrap my mind around where the logic goes. Mistake number five, not knowing how to play weak side. There are games where I'm counterpicked playing top, and my jungle refuses to help or apply pressure to my lane. Even though I'm frustrated at this fact, I would never be feeding my laner any more than two kills max, which includes being dope. Even though I'm down to 30 CS and my jungler is doing absolutely nothing around the map, I'm playing consistently as I possibly can, hoping that we somehow win fights later on in the game or when they throw their lead. Even though mentally I could be tilted out of my mind, my ability to play a game doesn't change where I'm ever the liability on my team i could care less if my team was the most toxic team in the world and yelling slurs at each other but as long as we win the game that's all that matters if i lose a game i try again and pray that the cues will be better instead of inting my games try to keep this mentality and again you can see the focus on the result it's mm. just all about just winning the game mm. there's no improvement apparently there's just no. fixed skill levels you know so he is yeah so again really trying to break down the psychology he is really good at the game he's really good mechanically so he can play all these roles all these champions he's the carry Everyone else is not on his level. So so he's just got to play these carry champions, abuse everyone, doesn't matter. Again, there's nothing about improvement. And then if he does this and you do this and you play carry champs and you take all the kills and and you play for yourself, you'll win. That's kind of like the the, the kind of the message, I think, big picture that I'm kind of getting across yep, here. I think that's that's right. That's what he's trying mm. to get across. 
persevere through it, and if you can't, just get it off and try again on another day. Mistake number six, not matching your laner. For some reason, players are refusing to match their lanes by randomly walking around the map. I don't understand how this is a difficult concept because if you allow the enemy team to farm freely and push towers, you're missing ways for zero reason and you're forced to walk back, which wastes so much time. When I'm playing, I'm having to match these players rather than the top lane or bot lane because my team isn't doing anything. It's incredibly frustrating to play because if they're extremely fed, you're playing a squishy ADC into assassins or tanks that dive you under tower. While this is happening, my teammates are edging to force a losing fight and get further behind. Please just match your laner and in theory, if you don't feed your laner hard, you will always be able to match them because you can simply clear the waves and not try to fight them. If the enemy team keeps walking up and trying to attack your turret, this is where in theory, junglers should be ganking this overextension. Realistically, it does not happen, especially playing top, so it really does come down to you playing extremely boring and safe encounter matchups. Again, you don't always have to be the hero of every game. Mistake number seven, I have flash, don't worry. Some players think it's okay to play confident and overextend simply because they have flash available. When you end up getting jumped and are forced to use your flash, you're simply wasted the most important ability in league because of your ego. Summoner spells provide you with offensive and defensive potential and change fights completely. League is all positioning which makes flash so critical and if you're suddenly down the spell for zero reason, you're hitting your team with the ability to make better plays. Mistake number 8, not knowing how to snowball. Players in Emerald are not using their gold advantage in any way to force objectives or easy plays but instead slowly playing the game on autopilot and allowing the enemy team to catch up. This is kind of like playing chess. Okay, this is getting too ridiculous. Yeah, it's getting out of control. All it's right, out of control. so not knowing how to, it's just too, yeah. too general and it's... And it's just the contradictory to the gameplay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I think a lot of that is kind of relatively self-explanatory. I think what we do is we quickly take a look at, he's got two other short videos and then we'll kind of summarize, I think the key learnings. So moving on to another one here, this one is called why climbing to master tier. Something that I don't really know how much he would know about climbing to master tier. It doesn't really seem like it's um, in his wheelhouse, but we'll take a look. Maybe I'm wrong. So why climbing to master tier is 100% luck. No skill involved. No skill. Hey guys, in this video, I'm explaining why climbing on Masters is 100% luck, and here's why. What do I mean when I say luck? I mean that you can have the skill of an Emerald player, but still be able to hit Masters. League Solo Queue is a game who has less enters and griefers on their team, rather than actual talent. If you're able to get into Winner's Queue and be carried to Masters, you have the right to call yourself a Masters player, and you become part of the 0.56% of players in League. If you always just wanted to hit Masters, then I'm truly happy for you though. I want to acknowledge that high challenger smurfs who are smurfing are obviously carrying their games, but it would be imprudent to eradicate luck as a factor winning their games. The majority of players hitting Masters are previous season players. Whether they've been in Masters since Season 4 or Season 12, they can easily get back to Masters because they're gifted high LP games to get back into Masters. It's basically guaranteed even if you don't carry games. Now on the contrary, based on my own personal experiences, the majority of players getting to Masters are no different than your average Emerald 2 player. You see players who previously got into Masters last season and would struggle to climb back despite their high LP gains because they were so elo inflated. You could have a negative win rate overall, but if you manage to get into Winner's Queue without running into any hard enters or trolls, you would easily cruise into Masters because of how the system is designed. Here are examples. In these 5 games, I truly did not have to do anything. Like my team was just better than the other team every single game. I wasn't inting, but I also wasn't carrying either. In this case, it's extremely rare for me to have these games. Here's another example. I went on 8 win streak just because my teammates wanted to win and didn't troll. It looked like I was getting boosted, but literally I just got 8 lucky games and climbed a diamond 2 instantly. Now let's look at these two Yumi players. Both of these players have reached Masters this year and there is no other explanation that these players should be in this high of elo other than luck. I know if I become a Yumi Duan trick and- So, okay. There's a lot here to unpack. Yeah, you will get easier games. Right? That's the way it works. You'll get easier games, you'll get hard games, you'll get mediocre games. And notice how there's just no... And this, this, it's so detached from the details, Nathan. 
Hmm. What did you do specifically? Hmm. Why were those games in? What did you do to, to contribute to Maybe those games? Maybe he could be playing really well in some other games. He's not even saying that. Like, I just played really well these games. Apparently, it's not. Apparently, it's purely got to do with Pure the winner's cue. No, it's winner's cue. It's Riot. you got to get in to win it. You got It's like riding a wave. you got to find spot that wave in a distance. you got to somehow get into that wave, and then it will push you to Master Tier, right? Um, I love that Yumi account. You showed a screenshot of a Yumi account. Hmm. People really don't understand the idea that you can have very specific skills. There are Yumi players that are hard to beat. I remember when Yumi was quite popular. Remember those Yumi players in our server? Mm. Uh, and and like, they, yeah, sure, objectively, they're not doing crazy things, but they were annoying to beat. They would be potentially good positioning, right? They weren't dying in silly ways. They were actually just doing their job. Yeah, their job isn't sexy. It's not crazy. It's not super sophisticated, but they're doing their job. You know, and this is what ties into the whole champ shaming, you know, discussion where it's like, just because there is a Yumi player that gets to master tier, you know, it doesn't mean they don't deserve master tier right away. You know, they are a master tier Yumi player. Yes. Right? There's nothing you can take away from that. They are obviously doing things that get them to master tier, unless they're duoing, of course, right? And so, like, I think, again, there's this detachment for what are the underlying skills that these players develop? What are these behaviors in game that they are showing that get them to that level? And also, I want to make a very clear distinction. There's a very, very big difference between peaking Master Tier and being a Master Tier player. If you have 40 games at the beginning of the season and you, you know, you play at the beginning of the, of the split and you abuse something that's OP and you peak Master Tier, you're not a Master Tier player. You haven't stayed in Master. You haven't played hundreds of games in Master Tier. The reason old school Master people that have been mastered for years, he was saying one of his critiques was you can be Master for five seasons in a row and then you play one more season and you instantly get Master Tier. Yeah, it is objectively easy to get Master Tier. But you know why they're also Master Tier? Because they've played at Master Tier for many, many years. If you've played at a Master Tier level, hundreds of games for years, thousands of games, your baseline autopilot will likely be probably around low master because of the incremental muscle memory that you've developed at a master tier level. Mm. There's no grand conspiracy there. Yes, sure, objectively, I agree with you. It is easier for someone that's been master tier for five seasons to get master again from an LP perspective. But it doesn't take away from the skill. You put them on a different account, they will get master tier again. I can 110%. The fact that that consistency exists is showing that there is obviously exactly. skills in the game because there's consistency. Exactly. He's very good at nitpicking sort of things to sort of get to the his to case, his narrative. Yeah. And it's so easy to look. I saw so many screenshots in these videos of like one game and then bam. And look, like this player here, this MMI. Like, yeah, these players are going to be in and out and thing. There is some, there's lots of volatility. There's fluctuation. There's fluctuation, metas. Someone's the, you remember the LP things. range? Remember we the talked LP about the, uh, the LP range? We talked about in the rank guide section. But over a long period of time, you're going to get to your skill level. And yes, you're going to have some crazy, you know, some crazy teammates. But you're the X factor. I mean, you're the the variable that's consistent in every single game. So, so only focus on what we can control. And, and and the message that it's it's such a tough pill to swallow, Nathan, for these people is that there is such a thing as an objective level of play. Like you could show me a VOD and I could tell you with pretty accurate, with very high accuracy, what rank that player will end up with and I'm at, sorry, after like 200 games. I could tell you very, very accurately. There is an objective level of play that that needs to be had to get to these specific ranks. There's no... There's no grand conspiracy about how to cheat the system. And no, 
there is a master tier level of play. There is a grandmaster level of play. There is a challenger level of play. There is a diamond level of play. Whether or not you're aware of it. And there are many ways to get there, but there is a level of play. And it's just, again, I think this guy has the tendency to zoom in a lot. He's very zoomed in. This one game, this block of games, this 20 games. He's not understanding this the big streak, picture. This loss streak. This, yeah, he's not thinking big picture over 100 games. How do I... The, the system has to... Ta- we, well, I think we spoke about this before. The system has to take into account your level play over many, many games. They have to give you incremental LP games because, again, if, it was, if, you were get, if you're getting to your ranks really, really quickly... And and you were definitively they get you uh, you solidified master tier after like twenty games. It just the system wouldn't work. No. The system wouldn't work. Anything else? Nope. Key for rank, I would probably devote from diamond to plat. You're telling me these human players managed to carry four losing lanes into masters using their high level macro and micro skills? Who sounds more crazy now? Am I- yeah, and so okay, that's the narrative there. For you to climb to master tier, you have to carry all the other people on your team. Notice that that is exactly. His view of the game, right there. I want to replay that because I think that perfectly exemplifies his view of the game. Ready? If I become a Yumi Duan trick and keep for a ring, I would probably devote from diamond to plat. You're telling me these Yumi players managed to carry four losing lanes into masters using their high level macro and micro skills? Who sounds more crazy now? So what he's thinking, right? This is the way he's coming to that conclusion. I played this really hard game where my where my my uh, mid laner did really poorly. Say he's playing eighty carry, right? My mid laner did really poorly. My top lane did really poorly, and my jungle did really poorly. If I was the Yumi, you're saying this Yumi player carries this game. How? Impossible. He would have lost that game as well. Okay, maybe. That's one game. That Yumi is outperforming him, believe it or not, in the majority of games. By doing her job. By doing her job. And that's what he fundamentally cannot get. He believes the game is all about carrying when it's just about doing your job. And that is the bombshell. That is the the mind-shattering thing that he can't really the tough pill he can't swallow i think his perception of carrying will be yeah completely different from ours no, yeah. it must be like kda or something like that there's just so many hidden things running around the map killing everyone emerald diamond you know even the master you're missing so many hidden things in the game which is why that's that's part of inbuilt into your rank that's the difference between you and challenger there's all the little details that you're not getting and and that's also why by the way he's actually he's actually drawn to carry champions, right? That's why his personality, you know what I mean? He's Varus top, Azir top, Vayne top. Like he's he's drawn to these champions at Fizz mid or whatever. He has to play those champions. That's the way he views the game. He has to be the big carry doing all the damage because my team's useless. So in a way, it's kind of like, you know, there's that quote. It's like, uh, if all you have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail or something like that. Or to, you know, this is a, I kind of butchered it. But for him, if you're only viewing the game, you're only playing carry-oriented champions, that's the only way you're ever going to view the game, you know? In my own experience, I don't think players in the ELO are remotely good at this game. When I first hit Masters a while back, I got lucky and got real teammates every game, which allowed me to carry them all in a 15-game win streak straight into Masters. Yes, even though I'm carrying 15 games in a row, I'm saying this was 100% luck. 
I didn't get any trolls, AFKers, or hard enters, which allowed me to control every single game. Like, even in some games, lanes would just win on their own, which is crazy to see. I'm not even concerned of LP losses anymore because MMR is more important. The lower your MMR is, the more a coin flip it is. Even if these players aren't inting, they're just either AFKing due to internet problems or just rage quitting. Are these reoccurring coincidences or intentional? I'm 100% confident that Riot has matchmaking algorithms that know who the carries are versus the seat fillers are. They place you with these awful players on purpose to hinder your progress because there should be no reason for a negative win rate flat 4 peaker to be in diamond in two lobbies four games in a row. Despite losing four ring games in a row, he's still being paired in these lobbies, which makes absolutely no sense. The team with this player always loses, yet his MMR is still insanely high for no reason. In addition, since Riot removed names and champ select to reduce dodging, they made it even harder to climb because you can't dodge trolls. When you used to be able to op.gg your teammates in champ select, you can see their win rates, the performance of each champion, and KDA. Based on this alone, you could confidently tell if you're about to win the game or lose the game. Like if I saw a player with a 35% win rate, I would dodge just like the challenger players before have previously. Here's an example. I'm paired with a negative win rate masters allowed who hasn't played in 3 months but also resident out every single game. Not gonna lie, this account seems kinda bot to me, but if I saw this information in champ select, I would instantly dodge. Another time, I dodge a troll comp and waited 10 minutes, you end up on the same exact team comp and hard losing. Yeah, you are going to have those games. You are going to have those games, but the enemy are also going to have those games. And now, because there is no, uh, there is no, you can't OPG anymore, right? You can't check the account. It's even for everyone. Everyone's on an even Everyone's playing. on an even playing field. You don't need to play that game anymore. So yeah, you will get unlucky games. And I remember there was that beautiful stat that you had. You did your live commentaries. And I think you said over 60, was it? The samples? 60, like, 70 games. 60, yeah. 70 games. You saw how many trolls? Genuine like, trolls? Genuine trolls, like three or four. Three or four. Over 60. That's like just random. These weren't cherry picked. These are just random VODs. These people queuing up on your stream. And I very, very rarely see it. Even people in my Discord very rarely talk about it. Mm. And, and, and this is the thing that I, I just don't... Again, I think he's just cherry picking evidence to, to to kind of support his take that these players don't deserve to be here. The system doesn't work. It's all luck, I guess. This goes to show how pretty decisive the game is in champ select already. Games are always winnable, even if you have bad players on your team. But if you're oh, sorry, there's one more thing I will say about this. He was the troll recently. You go to his live stream, him picking his ear top, you know, picking that vein top there. He is the troll. If the if the champ if the the name tags were back, people would be dodging you. Teammates who run it down AFK or purposely avoid winning chances, it's not. Like realistically, if you put five diamond players against challengers with me on it to purposely run it down, they will lose to this team of diamonds. The worst part is these players won't get banned if you do it right. I literally tested this theory before and managed to lose 46 rank games with zero punishments. Let me see that again. 46 rank games. Who does not do this by the way? This was younger Dylan. I do not understand. I mean, it's again, it's extreme. He's going to what a waste of time. He wants to test it. He wants to test how how many games you can get away with inting. So he's built these narratives again over this whole case Very study, strong, yeah. to the point where he's going to spend forty six games losing. He's to lost test his it. mind. He's completely lost his mind. And unfortunately, again, this is not that rare. No, you know you're going to. And see the scary thing is that he's account. so he's so um, confident. He's got so much conviction in what he believes in that he's actually making videos on YouTube. Mm. He's literally broadcasting this message. He, it, it's to that level. Like, think about it. There's levels to it, right? Like, you can go kind of be like, oh, this is a bit weird. And then now you, you, you like, level up. You get to the point where you're, you're absolutely fanatical and 100% believe in this shit to the point where you're spreading the word. To, you're, like, sharing the gospel to everyone that it's all fake. It's all it's all bullshit. It's all, it's all luck. 
there's no skill involved in the game. No, it's a talent. I think you were saying about before the challenge. The challenge players are talented. Oh, they're super talented. They're really and talented. Everyone, everyone else, and then everyone else is just about. Life. Everyone's a shit. So, yeah. every, so if you're there's the, there's the special elite the challenge players that are really really talented, and if you're not one of them, you're just shit and you're stuck. And the only way to climb for those people, if you're not those talented players, is to get a winner's queue. That's the TLDR, right? I think I've seen enough of this video. I think yes. it's just kind of bullshit. And we got one more here, very quick one. Guys, if you're like me right now, your heart's not going to rank and you're playing countless hours of league to try to obtain a rank that defines your worth. You see someone that you know and they ask you how you are and you just have to say that you're fine when you're really not fine, but you really get into it because they never understand. <laughs> Anyways, any sane person would quit the game, but you just can't. People don't understand how deep you are to quit now, not until the job is finished. For me in particular, this game has had my life in a chokehold since I was nine and I just want to be free. Dobby needs to suck. I just want my mental health to be repaired, man. I got into Diamond in around 100 games, but I've dropped from being one win away from Diamond 2 to zero LP Diamond in for like six times to not be giving up climbing at masters last split it was the same thing and i swear d2 and d1 lobbies are easier to play than this the more i play in diamond 3 lobbies the more rigged it feels and i'm losing my mind i'll give it 50 more games before i make a fresh account and there's no more excuse because challenger players can climb from fresh accounts i'm just not giving real teammates and i can't take enough copium to get through these lobbies anymore i know there are individuals out there who feel the same way and i want to tell you that i know how it feels to be hard stuck silver gold and even plat because i was once there too i wasn't naturally gifted at this game compared to all my other friends at first but I eventually outscaled them. I want you to know that even though your league rank might not change immediately, I want to tell you that I believe you. I believe that you believe in your own capabilities and deserve to be a higher rank. It's not copium if you can prove it one day, and the journey to prove these disbelievers is not an easy one. However, everything's going to be okay. There are strangers I've never met before who tell me the kindest words, and honestly, if it weren't for these people, I would have quit this game. I don't exactly have a support system for league, but these players restored my faith in league players and helped me until. Not everyone is lucky enough to have these great-hearted people, so again, this is a message that you are good enough. Do not let a Masters or Diamond player try to ego over you because these are not good enough players to be putting you down. Keep your head up and try again another time. Even if league matchmaking is rigged or not, do not let this company take your soul. If you truly believe you are good enough to be in a rank, you will get there. That's all I wanted to say today and I just wanted to share the love that I never had before while playing league. Good luck on your climb and if you think you have room to improve, I'm teaching the fundamentals for all roles so you should totally subscribe to my channel. Have a spectacular day, guys. Fuck me. Um... I'm just really confused. I don't know how to respond to this video. It's such a, it's such a, it's such a, I don't really get it. It's like, so I think the message is you stick in there. If you just keep playing games, you just believe that you're going to get the rank. You're just going to get it or something. I don't, I, I'm just really conflicted. What is this? I'm just trying to put this in the, in the grand scheme of the, of the messages of what he's trying to get across here. Like we, okay. You're going to hang in there. You know, don't get, don't get beaten up by all the ego, you know, the, the, the master plus ego players. Don't let them beat you down, which, He's kind of one of them from what it sounds like, ewing on other people. Um, hang in there. Games are tough. Even though the games are a bit rigged, it's okay. Um, and then, yeah. I don't, I don't really understand, you know, again, and look, I'm not here to beat on his content. You can make whatever content you want. But my point here is, is that I wanted to go over in this one is like, there is this massive kind of discrepancy between how he acts in game and to his online persona in his YouTube videos. And this is what I love about, you know, actually seeing the gameplay of these people. We saw the same thing with Nice, right? You have this image of what they're trying to present and then how they act in solo queue. And they're completely different. You're the one that's raging, first-timing champions, being that troll pick, putting other people down, holding other people to the super high standard. You're the one that's contributing to the losses but blaming your teammates. You are the reason you're losing games. But then you've got the complete, you're trying to get across the complete opposite message 
in your videos. So this is what I'm, I think, like when I was kind of, I didn't, I didn't really know what we we're going to get into. I, I thought it was just an interesting title. I'm just trying to put it together. There's just this massive discrepancy, I guess. Mm, it sort of looks like delusion. It's like a motivational video. If you play league, you need to hear this. Yeah. This is the title of this one. Interesting. So there's a lot there to unpack. Let's um, let's do a little bit of a recap. Recap slash summary. Okay, so we're ending with part four here. Summary. What do we take away from this? What do we take away from this experience, this case study? I think what I'll start with is sort of talking a little bit about this bracket of players that I've observed. Observed is like the Emerald Diamond. It's a pretty experience. There's like a lot of players that have played the game for a long time like this guy. And to get to the next step, you're getting the top, top percent of the player base. It's really hard when things get hard, people want to find excuses or external or a narrative to be like, why is this so hard? Or I think what also doesn't help a guy like this as well is where he hears from all the master tier players, oh, it's so easy. You know, you just like everyone, anyone can go get master and stuff like that. And the lack of respect of the hardness is sort of like why he needs to create narratives to, to be like, okay, well, why is it like, I know that I'm awesome. I'm special. Something must be external, external force, which is in his case, riot games or his teammates must be making this so hard for me because everyone else is potentially easy. So I think that the, you know, people, a lot of people say like Emerald's like the hardest ranked or whatever. You hear that a lot, like Emerald's really, you know, hard. I think that it's more the case where there's just so many players that have been playing the game for a long time, like this guy, that are really easy to give up. Flame, report, they're, they're, they're sort of checked out mentally of like trying to improve anymore. And this is sort of their comfort zone. That's my sort wow. of... Wow, you, really you're actually... Away. I think there's so many beautiful things in it. I think you're absolutely spot on. I think there's two major things that I want to riff off. The first one is going to be about... Yeah, him and how he became, the, I reckon, the person he is. And the second one, we're going to talk about the Emerald rank. Okay? So put a pin in that one. Okay. You're absolutely spot on. I actually view him as a a byproduct of many of these outside influences. So the way I'm viewing it, you're spot on, is there's an element of it that he probably has never really attempted to improve a game before. Right? He hasn't, he's not obviously not process-oriented hasn't really reviewed before, got into the, like really getting into the details. So there's that. There is the outside influence from Master Tier Plus players and streamers and, you know, all these people that he's probably looked up to and heard them say, Master Tier is no brain and diamond. These players suck. These players are terrible, whatever, right? All this, all that stuff. So there's all that there as well. He's probably got that influence of, um, feeling like, you know, he's confused about how to climb and and there's that defense mechanism there and he has to latch onto things. And uh, when things got difficult, he he's kind of doubled down on that whole carry narrative that he has to be the carry, that he's the one, everyone else is ruining his games because it's not him. He's the one that's aware of it, right? He's the one that's apparently the outside. Everyone else is bad. And again, that you're, you're right. That's kind of stemming from that whole, it's a kind of like a defense mechanism. He doesn't want to own up to the fact that he is in that. He is that level of play. Because you can get tricked as well. Because, like, let's say, again, you're hitting the Emerald rank and stuff like Mm. that. You can, like, carry League of Legends games. Like, you can Mm. look like you're insane. You can can do some great stuff. 20 and 0. That's what I feel like the Emerald players are capable of doing that. I think they can look pretty close. Like, wow, I'm doing this, like, 
my challenger but friends are doing that, as yeah. well. But what a lot of the time they're missing is again, it's all the other elements of the game that the big never, picture never allowed them to get twenty zero in the first place. If you're playing in the challenger, they don't game really well. understand the big picture. They think they're scraping the surface, and they're definitely great players, right? Mm. If you're getting to Emerald, you're a great player, absolutely. You're top one hundred percent, yeah. But you're you, you're just now starting that yeah journey, thinking bigger picture about the game. And and again, tying back to the Emerald thing, I think you're spot on there. I think there's an element of where. You know, there's a lot of players that have played the game for a long time and they get to that Emerald rank and Emerald is where the game really starts to get tricky because it's not just about knowledge. You can't knowledge gap anyone anymore. You know, I feel like in that... You've got to really focus. You've got to really focus and the details matter more and, and you can kind of skill check. You can be baseline competent with PC games and kind of cheat. Not cheat is not the right word, but compensate for a lot of lacking in many areas just by sheer brute forcing it, you can do that and get to Emerald and even Borderline Diamond 4. Mm. And then it starts to get hard. It starts to get hard because now you're playing with all these other players that are mechanically competent, also maybe have that PC background. And now you've got to get a it's little the bit- It's the 1%ers. It's the 1%ers and they really, really add up. And, and that is hard. And if you're not willing to get into the details, you've got to find some sort of excuse as to why you're not able to- achieve, you know, you're not able to win. And he's trying- and, and what I've found, and, and I think upon reflection- Notice how you know, he's got all these contradictory um, narratives, right? Like he says, you know, you can't autopilot, uh, you know, basically all those kind of uh, ideas about what it takes to climb, but then that's not what he's doing, right? So he's got all these kind of contradictory things, yet leagues, leagues luck, but you got to get better. It, it doesn't make sense, right? It's contradictory. The reason those contradictory things exist is because he's actually put himself in this weird position where he's actually trying to get better at the game, but not but not aware of kind of like what it takes to get better at the game. So he's kind of like got himself in this weird little rut where he doesn't... He's in the twilight zone or he's in limbo. He's like, in limbo. He's yeah. stuck in limbo, in purgatory mm. kind of. He's in this weird state where he's he's not... You can tell he's trying to improve it. He does care about getting better at the game, but he doesn't know how. And so he's trying to create narratives to cover his ass as to why he's not getting results and make it less painful maybe. There's something there. He's in this weird, very, very, really weird state. And that's hence why the delusion and the contradictory kind of beliefs. Um, he's very confused. So, look, I really hope, at least what I hope, you know, I hope that we, I hope two things. I hope we can all learn through this experience from him. Because you can tell he's obviously not having a great time about with the game, right? And and it doesn't look like an enjoyable way to to play League. And... Um, and I think this is a really good reminder of this, the importance of process, the importance of being intentional, the importance of getting into the details. It taunts how you talk about the game, how you behave about the game. Yeah. We talked about we had that little spill that we had about the constant negative things he's yeah. talking about or his focus is slowly, whether you're aware of it or not, it slowly starts to build your belief system, the way yeah. you talk. It's really powerful self-talk. It's the same in real life. Yes. Exact same in real life. Self-talk is powerful. And I would say the other thing I hope is that I genuinely hope that he makes a turnaround. You know, I don't want... In a way, this comes across as a hit piece. And in a way, he is kind of the sacrificial lamb. We do these case studies and sacrifice some people for the greater good. I get that. And he's probably going to be salty. I understand that. I would probably be too if I was in his situation. But I really hope that he can turn a corner. I genuinely do. I really hope that he can... Maybe not now. That'll be such an awesome... Yeah, a comeback story. story yeah. you know? like, I hope that like six like, months from now... He has now, like his library of videos in his channel. And then this is the turning point. You know, the broken yeah. by concept highlight. It's like, okay, like... Like, maybe I don't believe the BBC, but yeah. how about I just do what they tell me? I'm going to start three-blocking. I'm going to start reviewing. Start really questioning his own beliefs. Start to, like, really, like, what do you stand for? Mm. What do you actually stand for? And and what do you actually believe in? And and own up and, and really 
live and breathe what you believe. You know what I mean? Like, if you believe this shit, do what you say. Like, you just don't be fake. Like, if you if you say all this shit on YouTube, do what you say. You're not doing what you say. And so, like, I think that um, I hope he just makes a turnaround. And like, it, it's probably not going to happen in the short term. But I really hope that at some point things start to click for him, and he, um, you know, starts to develop a growth mindset because he really just has a fixed mindset, really, from what it seems like. Because yep. I understand how painful that is, and he's in probably in you know, feeling quite miserable. So, um, yeah, that's really it. Right. Let us know in the comments what you guys think. What do you what do you think about this case study? What do you think we can learn from it? Um, and um, yeah, what you took away from it, I guess. All right, that wraps up our episode for today, episode 185. We'll see you guys next week.